What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. We are here. It is here. Draft 100. Wait, we don't even need to intro this, do we? Like, it's time. Bring in Mr. <laughs> Buffer for it. It is the Draft 100. 100 players in this upcoming CFL draft. We have meticulously ranked them. And now... Meticulously is an understatement. Understatement. I have this thing so color-coded it's not even funny oh man for everybody who doesn't know wade absolutely went to work i have went ocd it is not healthy on the draft 100 this year <laughs> the the placing of the players was combined effort but so we're tired like we we've color-coded well not we wade has color-coded by like school's primary school, hex color School primary hex color, and then we've broken it down into our tiers, which we released last year. So you saw the tier colors, but Wade's kicked it up a notch. We've added a new color this year. We've got orange. We've got orange. Yeah, we go green, blue, yellow, orange, red. Realistically, it should like just like go like through the. It's honestly just like to help us visual and organize more than anything else. Like the colors don't actually mean anything. It's just like, all right, here's a chunk of 20. Here's a chunk of 20. Here's a chunk of 20. Pretty much. But. With that, we've also flipped them over into the positional group so we can see how many guys break in, right? Because that was our that was a big struggle for us last year. Was we would get them all listed, and then we were trying to order them in terms of like where they were on the top 100 and their positional ranking, and so it just makes it a lot nicer to look at and we aesthetically have pleasing. Refined this thing this year. We've got four quarterbacks. 10 running backs, one fullback, 13 receivers, 15 big boys on the offensive side, 17 messed the playoff guys on the D-line, 18 linebackers, 18 defensive backs, and four kickers. Yeah, the kickers. I'm we not- stepped it up because none of them <laughs> are J.J. Molson. <laughs> None of them are J.J. Molson with 50%, so we have stepped it up, baby. I do have Let's one go. correction to make, though. I've got one correction. You said we've got one fullback. You meant to say we have the fullback. The fullback. The fullback. And this is going to play into it because we are starting with 91 to 100, the first chunk of players, and that is where our fullback falls in at 97 before, before we tell you who it is, before we get to the player, we're just going to run it down how we're going to do this first, though. We are going to go, so we're each going to accept for this player. This is a special circumstance. Uh, all the way through, we're going to go one player each through each set of 10. And then once we get to the top 10, we're going to run it down 10 to 1. Those players are going to get their own little blurb. But we are going to take you through basically the entirety of the Draft 100 here. We'll post it so you guys can see it. It'll be posted in that order, too. It'll be the groups of 10 come out in the morning, later in the afternoon. It will be 10 through 1. And you guys will be able to take a look at how we broke it down. Uh, 97, though, is a special one in our hearts because this is the seventh year, fifth year out of the Queen's Golden Gales, a guy that we used to play with every single summer. I played Mr. hockey with this guy Shaw. growing up too. I mean, man, this guy, this guy just holds holds some special but, places. And I, this guy, I went buckets and gloves with this guy once. I've never <laughs> went buckets and gloves again in my life. You Honestly, wonder why you have God, concussion that, issues, I was Connor? Say, I was gonna say that's probably probably how I got one of my concussions. But uh, 
in terms of Connor Burtonshaw, I mean, yes, it's all fun and games because this is a guy we used to play with, but let's be real here. He is a freak on special teams. Like you see teams scheming around him to try and, okay, where's Bert? Yeah, let's not go near him because on kickoff, he's going to blow up any wedge we send at him. And on kick return, like he's just going to eliminate the player in front of him. So uh, for Bert, uh, this is a huge thing. He's going to the East Regional Combine uh, in his last year of eligibility. So very exciting for him. He falls at 97 in the top 100. Yeah, Vaughn at 97. Everything you said about him, you know, blowing up wedges and being a teamer. Like, I, I think that's really what shines through in his game. Like, it can't be understated. This guy has an absolute screw loose. Loves contact. Loves it. Seeks it out and initiates it. He's going to be a teamer. Will be as potential to be a teamer, I should say. That's that's uh, his biggest asset. All right, so for the first block of players at 100, we have Ben Aran out of Queens at 99. We have my guy Fred Aviar, the transition wide receiver to D end. Then coming in at 98, we have Vincent Plouffe, the first kicker off the board. 97, our guy Connor Burton shot. 96, Kyle, Kyle Chappas. 95, Deshaun Jupiter-Dean, 94, Sandor Mod, 93, Ethan Mastin, 92, David Adenarin, and 91, another GG, Michael Pizzuto. So those are the first set of the top 100, first 10 players off the board. And a quick note on Ben Aren, he was not on the roster this year for Queens, but he is in the draft roster of guys available. To be completely frank with you, we put this guy in at 100 as he is a freak of nature athletically and if someone wanted to take a flyer on him to just bring him in as a return man they 100 could and it might be effective so we put him in at 100 because physically he has the talent to is this us now overcompensating for the elaine pay pick <laughs> we're just putting a guy on here that hasn't played just to make sure that we we have one on here that if they so should get drafted we can point to it and be like look we had it. We're at least out of it. <laughs> no, I, I think Ben Arena, like he's he is a talent. Like, I mean, yeah, he returned kicks and punts better than anyone in the conference in 2019. Uh, just unfortunately missed this year. But uh, let's move ahead now. We've got the 81 to 90, the last half of the red block. David Soley, a second kicker. Enoch Penny Luria from McMaster. Cole Estabrooks, Acadia. Jacob Salvale, James Gregg, Riley Borsma, Andy Mello, Danny Valente, Jacob Butler, and Dimitrios Sinodinos, the quarterback from the McGill Redbirds. So go ahead and give me your guy off this list. I'm liking Cole Astorbrooks. Uh, I know he had a downtake in statistics and his running game this year, but at Acadia as a whole, they just underwent so much turnover that it's really tough. Like you're looking at, losing a bunch of offensive linemen receivers quarterback uh it's just a mixed year i think physically he still has a skill set to be a teamer and maybe contribute one day in the backfield but uh cole esterbrooks i think still deserving of a spot in the 100 yeah 100 i have to agree with it at one point was one of the most dominant players in the aus and dale wright was on his team at that time too so we can't forget to mention that uh, my guy in this set of this set of 10, though, is the safety out of Western, the Vanier Cup champion, Daniel Valenti Jr. I have to say what really turned me on to him was late in the season when they were making that Vanier run. 
you really saw the leadership come through. And I think towards the back end of the season is when he was really starting to play his best football. You look at what he did. He had 27 tackles, four and a half for a loss, a sack. I think he had two interceptions on the season. I mean, some pretty, pretty average stats from, from a safety, but again, it was his leadership and his ability to just know and be everywhere on the field. It wasn't that he necessarily had to make the play himself, but he was doing the right things in terms of coverage, getting into position and then, lining the rest of that defense up that's a very talented western defense and he was kind of the the quarterback on the back end of that getting everybody set up so i liked i liked his vanier cup run he showed me a lot in that absolutely and uh, i'll let you take the next block of guys we are into the orange section where we've got 71 to 80. yes yeah, so starting at 80 we have justin julian jeremy burrow Nick Renaud, Derek H. Pong, Jackson Mayer, Eric Strands, the third kicker on here for us out of Guelph, Darnell Jarrett, Cole Adamson, Chris Cigino, and Trey Kellogg. A lot of East Coasters on this one in this set of 10. Absolutely, but I know there's one West Coast you like in particular. I'll kick us off. Justin Julian at 80. We have this guy pegged primarily as a returner. I mean, this guy has 860 total punt return yards over three seasons. I mean, he's up in eight yards of kick return. Uh, there's really a lot this guy can do when he gets the ball in his hand. And as a DB, I mean, he's also got a couple picks. So he does get his hands on the ball. Uh, but I, I like him as a returner. He's got a lot of speed. Uh, five, nine guys. So he does have a bit of a deficit there at height. But in terms of pure skill with the ball in his hands, I think he's got a great chance. Yeah, he's certainly dangerous with that ball in his hands. Talking about another guy that is dangerous when you put the ball in his hands, I'm going to go all the way to the other side of the country for this one. East Coast all the way to the West Coast, Trey Kellogg. And this guy was a bit of a late add to the draft list for us. Trey Kellogg, wide receiver out of UBC. Saw him as an East-West bowler in 2019, and in 2019, he had 40 receptions, almost 450 yards, two touchdowns, and this guy is long. He's a strider. He has a great set of hands, 6'3", almost 200 pounds, so CFL size for sure. It's just a matter of, you know, with, with a bit of a, a shortened year and not playing ball, what's he going to look like in the combine? Is he going to be in shape? Is he going to be in speed? I think the answer to that is going to be yes. He's athletically gifted. We saw that with the deep shot. I don't know if you remember, but the deep shot that he housed in that East West bowl at Carlton. Yeah, it was a nice play. Uh, let's, uh, let's go now though. The next chunk 70 to 61, uh, Kadeem Pierre, Walter Carabin, Justice Allen, Jacob Plamondon, Shamari Hutchinson, Andres Duick, Louis Cavanaugh, Alessandro Molnar, Jackson Ciarolo, and Charles Lavallee from Carlton. Uh, Connor, you got a guy on this that you that we both like, uh, but we haven't talked about too much of recently. Uh, why don't we hear it? Yeah, he was he was one of the guys that we were very intrigued with going into the draft process this time last year. Decided to defer. And that is Justice Allen, the do-it-all back. I don't even want to call him a back. The do-it-all offensive weapon out of McMaster. Plays running back. You can, line him, you can line him up in the slot. He'll catch passes for you. Very quick twitch. Very athletic. Strong base on the kid, too. Very strong base. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in a combine setting against, you know, some of the best guys across the country. I'm excited to see him prove himself because I, I don't think scouts have been looking his way too, too much. 
but I think he has a lot that he can prove. I agree with that one. Uh, you know, he's got a hell of a set of legs on him, but he's also great, like, return man. Like, we talked about with Justin Julian. Like, I could I could feel confident putting Justice Allen back there and knowing the ball is going to be safe, secure, and have the ball return for a good chunk of yards uh, with, of course, the possibility of breaking out. But I'm going to talk about Shamari Hutchinson, a guy that we saw this OUA season. Uh, I believe he took home an OUA Player of the Week award for blocking multiple kicks in a game. Yes, he uh, did. That alone tells you, uh, how big of an athlete this guy is. Shamari Hutchinson, I, I like the athletic ability. I mean, he gets after it on teams, right? And when you're really down in the 50s, 60s, 70s and up, um, special teams play is going to make you a draft prospect that's worth looking at. I think Shamari Hutchinson kind of embodies that. And uh, as a long DB, that's it's something that a lot of people are going to look at, especially coming from Laurier, where we know, and we've joked about this, they just always get drafted. Laurier, Golden Hawks, go. Uh, we have a for sure guy that's going to go way higher up. Um, but I, I would like Shamari Hutchinson to kind of sneak in the back there as a, as a teamer pick. The first two letters of golden are go. So, I mean, hey, it, it works. Uh, just a quick note, though, before we jump into the next next group of guys here. I mean, we talk about the importance of special teams all the time. And I think you made a really good point there. A lot of these back end guys, a lot of these guys kind of in the later slots here. That's what we're really looking at is you know, what type of teamer they are and what type of teamer they can be. So more so than the, the positional skill or the positional value, we are really, really valuing some of the special team stuff here in the back end. Um, with this next set of guys, I certainly have one of those teamers, but I'll let you talk to your, I'll let you talk about your guy first here after I run down the list. So starting at 60, we have Xavier Thibault, JP Simikinda, Mitchell Brake, Mason Nias, Anthony Leclerc, Daniel Adebobo, John Edward, Nicholas Pinard, Isaac Fagnon, and Dante Mastro Giuseppe to round this one out. The last kicker on the list and a guy that we have been on for, what, two years now? I, You know what? I have no problem putting kickers here. If they hit field goals, Mastro Giuseppe, Strands, uh, Soli. I mean, Soli had his, had his struggles in the postseason this year, but we see the leg that he possesses. Um, but yeah, we went three out of four, uh, and another guy that we had previously, another guy that we had on, on, on this list previously, Kieran Burnham just signed with Calgary. We seem to know our kickers. JJ Molson still looking for a contract. No, uh, I saw he signed like practice roster to the Packers. I started laughing. Uh, all right. I sent you that. (laughs) (laughs) What's he practicing field goal return? Like, come on now. He's not hitting any of them. Hey, I mean, he could say he's just practicing his rouge. Why would he go to the <laughs> Why would he go to the NFL for that? Uh, no, I want to talk about Mason Nice a bit. I mean, we went in, we talked to him after the 2019 season, and he said, like, for me going in to this upcoming year, like, I need to cut the turnovers, cut it out. Well, congratulations, Mason, because you threw four in what, like, ten games. Uh, not only that, you threw 22 touchdowns over 2,500 yards. Uh, like you had a hell of a year. Uh, but what I like with him is there's only two games below 50% for him all year. Uh, Manitoba, where he had two passing touchdowns and 200 yards anyways, and Calgary, where they didn't really ask him to throw the ball that much, still finished with two touchdowns, and they ran for a ton of yardage. So, uh, 57, 66, 60, 68, 67, 64, 65, and 70. To me, the high volume completions, he knows he can throw the field. 
when he gets in that rhythm, it starts to go for him and starts to tick. And I really like that he spreads it around the field, hits guys at different targets, throws the ball on different tiers, uh, can hit a rope, hit a soft lob, hit a moonshot, uh, tier one, two, three, all the way up. Uh, for nice, I, I really like him. I hope he gets pushed through. I know he's at the uh, the West Regional Combine there, but uh, hopefully he gets a chance to come through the big stage and prove his prove his worth. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even need to say anything more. I mean, you hit every nail on the head there. I, I just love that Mason Ias had the self awareness to be like, I I did not play to my own personal standard, and then comes out and delivers on you know telling everybody that he's going to get better, that he's going to take care of the football, that he's going to step up his leadership. Did that this year, and it was very impressive to see. Uh, we still have one more guy to get to on this list and talk about a teamer, John Edward out of Carlton. My goodness. It seemed like every single play that was made on special teams this year for the Ravens, it was John Edward. And especially in that Panda game, when we got to see it firsthand, this guy can fly down the field. He will make the tackle again, like Burton shot is another guy that just relishes in initiating contact and creating havoc for special teams units. So I am, I'm very excited to see what John Edward is going to do in terms of athleticism. I'm excited to see how he's going to run. I'm excited to see what his strength looks like. And I am very excited to watch this dude fly down the field. I think he's going to be an absolute, an absolute force of nature for somebody somewhere on a team's unit. But let's not forget with John Edward, like in 2019, he started at boundary corner for Carlton and played damn well. Very well. Um, I think having other younger guys there kind of prevented him from taking his spot and reclaiming it. But he said, all right, you want me to be special teams? Okay, I'll be the best special teamer in the conference, at least. Uh, you could, Some could we argue. Can, we can country. make a strong argument for the nation. Like yeah, in terms no, of I just agree. straight up being a gunner and going down and messing up someone's play, respecting the halo. Uh, forcing the ball to go inside or making the tackle on his own. I mean, John Edward was beating double teams routinely. Can we talk about like, like we say, yeah, he flies downfield, he initiates the contact and whatever, but it's a lot more than that. Like we, we talk about it like it's this easy thing to do. Like all you have to do is, you know, put your blinders on, go downfield and blow up a player or find the ball. Like it is much more technical than that. It is much more complicated than that. This guy's technical skill when he's getting down the field, getting his, getting his lead foot up the field, getting his shoulder in the lane, not letting guys spill outside of him. Like his technical skill set when playing special teams is what makes him so elite. Absolutely agree. Uh, let's go to the next chunk here. Subomi Oyasoro from Calgary, Wesley Athlon from Tuskegee, Gordon Lamb, Donovan Bergmeier, Keandre Smith, Nolan Bedard, Gregor McKellar, Josh Ferguson, the running back from Carlton, Justice Momoka from U of A, and Brandon Gondier from the Regina Rams. Yeah, go ahead you and talk tell about us. Your guys. No, you go first on okay, this one. Okay, okay. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Keandre Smith, I don't even know if we need to. I mean, at least if you're an OUA fan, I don't even know if we need to, to introduce Keandre Smith. Electric playmaker. That's all that needs to be said. Put the ball. We were talking about, you know, Justice we were talking about Justin Julian being dangerous with the ball in his hands, Ben Aran being dangerous with the ball in his hands, but Keandre Smith as a returner, as a wide receiver, as an offensive weapon will stress any defensive unit. And we saw him do that against one of the best in the country, the Western Mustangs. Yes, it was early on in the season, but to go out and compete like that against what was then to be the best team in the nation 
it still shows me something. And I really like what Keandre Smith has done, not only this season, but building upon that skill set. It's one thing to be fast. It's another thing to run precise, crisp routes. It's another thing to know the playbook and have that connection with whoever's in at quarterback because Guelph had a bit of a rotating carousel this year. And he delivered no matter who was under center. I mean, with Keandre Smith, him and Clark Barnes are just such freak athletes, right? And then you've got Keegan Dix, the young receiver coming into there to form out their room. But Smith stood out. I mean, this guy was just a touchdown machine, right? Like, I, uh, I'm i excited to see how this guy runs. And I'm also excited to see how he does through the gauntlet, uh, catching passes uh, in repetition. I mean, I know he's got the hands to do it, but it's one thing to kind of use your body control, flip around. Uh, and of course I want to see how he does in special teams reps because I, I, I want to see him get engaged as a blocker, uh, fly down the field against top competition. I'm going to talk though about, uh, <laughs> a guy that many people on the East coast might not know. Uh, I think that he is going to be a fantastic late round pick though. Brandon Gondier. This guy was a Can West All-Star. He played boundary corner, locking up the top receiver for teams uh, at a pick, 17 tackles, going to be at the West Regional Combine. But uh, I'm excited for him. I, th- I think he's he's very long. Uh, to me, that is, as a DB, like, we're looking at a 6'1 guy with long arms, lots of range in his movements. Uh to me, that's exciting. Like you can you can move him around in your secondary with that kind of size, uh, safety corner, maybe even half, and let him work in space where he belongs. So uh, as a late round pick, maybe pro- project uh, as a teamer, but uh, he certainly can show that at the West Regional Combine. This year's Miles Manilow potentially. No, no, uh, we we have that guy right right below him in uh, Justice Momoka where. Uh, we see teamer, 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 teamer on uh, his tape. But uh, let's go 40 through 31 now. We're starting to get into the guys that we think are uh, the cream of the crop, as they say. Uh, you have a couple guys in here that you gush over nonstop. But there's a few guys that we can uh, <laughs> talk about a bit differently now. Yeah, so we'll, we'll run it down here. Starting at 40, Rashid Tucker. I promise, I promise, I promise we're done talking about Rashid Tucker for now. You heard it enough through the OUA season, so he's not going to be one of these guys we highlight. Uh, you got Jared Beeksma coming out of Guelph. Matt Lucician out of Calgary, another guy that we pump the tires on all the time. Ryder Varga, the linebacker from Regina. Eric Sutton, Keaton Brugling, Nicholas Gee, Woodley Apollon. Diego El Torre and Rodeem Brown from the University of Alberta, otherwise known as Offensive Line U. Oh, man. You want to talk to me about first team all Canadian offensive lineman Rodeem Brown? I mean, come on. Uh, at, a, <laughs> at guard, he played a bit of center as well in his career, so we know he's flexible enough to move. But Rodeem Brown at 6'2, 285 is a freak athlete. I mean, this like he comes from O-line U too, so that kind of helps. Uh, but no, I think Rodin Brown is going to shoot up draft boards after this combine. I mean, the Golden Bears put out so many top offensive line prospects, and we're not even done talking about them yet today. Uh, the Golden Bears have quite the contingent in the top 100. They finished with six, which is one of the highest team totals we have uh, in the draft this year, or in the draft 100 this time around. 
But uh, for Rodine Brown, I mean, this guy is athletic enough to move left, right, and center. Uh, he's flexible across multiple positions. And the tape speaker itself obviously voted a first-team All-Canadian in this past year. I don't know what else you can say about the guy. Road grader, Rodine Brown. That's it. Rodine, the road grader Brown. Okay, let's, Sorry. let's get it in the proper order here. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put it back here. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, all right. Man. Who's your guy? Um, well, you going Kalinich light here? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I'm going Kalinich light here. This is a guy like I hate to say it, I really do. Not because he goes to Carlton, just because like the last two years, my guys have been defensive guys. I, I think Keaton Brugling's my guy this year. I, I really think he is. The more I watch his tape, the more I fall in love. Like it's ridiculous. And you said Kalinich light. It kind of tongue in cheek. I, I don't think that's a joke at all. That is exactly what Keaton he is. is. Same body style, same type of play. Will do the exact same things for you that Nikola Klinich can do. I would argue. I don't a know if he's, hands. I don't know if he's as good in line blocking or special teams, but stretching the field, I think he was able to showcase that a lot more at Carlton, whereas Klinich did was not given as much opportunity. When we saw, coach, when I mean, we, he's a freak athlete yeah. and he can catch, but I don't think he was able to showcase that as much. Whereas Keaton was in the position, especially when Tanner Young was throwing the ball. This that's year, the point. That's the point. To, where I was to whip make. it around. I mean, yeah, he was a red zone weapon for Tanner, right? Like nobody can yeah. guard his body size, throw him up a jump ball, and when we saw it, let, we say in the game that go. Tanner in the game that Tanner got hurt, we saw two of his touchdowns early on go to Brugling in that game on the same yeah. play. Same play, just fire corner ball into the end zone and Keaton will go grab it for you. So uh, I think the Clintus Light is probably the best comparison I have in the draft this year. <laughs> but it no, is. Keaton, no, it really is. Keaton, but really, is it, is it's Clintus just got signed to an NFL team, so it's not a slight to be saying Clintus Light. I mean, uh, I think Bregling will 100% be going in this draft for I, that reason and because we're seeing more R-type, tight end-type players slip slotting into the cfl to play h-back our special teams and be a multi uh multi-position national player i know we still have like a big chunk of this list to get through but i'm gonna get ahead of myself here keaton brugling to the tiger cats or yes i know they drafted jake burt first overall last year but keaton brugling fourth round to the tiger cats no <laughs> <laughs> we need jake burt uh, to be productive, to be able to touch the field first before we, uh, <laughs> before we, before we go there. But uh, let's let's move in to the thirties. I mean, we're we're getting into some top end players. Uh, Nolan Lovegrove at thirty. I know he did not get a combine invite, but let's face it, he is one of the best route runners in this receiving class. I mean, him and Gordon Land. Him and Gordon Lamb, I believe, are on par, but Nolan just has that fight and dog in him. He's proven he can go on special teams. Uh, Andy Genois, another Laval offensive lineman. Shaquille St. Lott, Riley Pickett, Philippe Lemieux Cardinal from the Carabanks, Samuel em Emilis from uh, Louisiana Tech, spent some time at uh, UMass before transferring. Spencer Andrews, Nate Edwards, Zach Herzog, and Cyril Hogan saying, Dahl, who you guys heard me gush about in our player previews. We're going to leave him for now, uh, but know that he's on that 21st spot right at the bubble of the top 20. Really? I mean, he's like 20A. 20A, yes. He is 
20 A and 20 B. Uh, let's uh, let's go now for your guy, Riley Pickett. Uh, talk to me about him. What's he Yeah, got? man. Yeah, man. I mean, Riley Pickett, at least for the West, I think Riley Pickett was one of these – I'm going to go ahead and say the F the playoff guy in the West for myself. I mean, you saw it especially in that Vanier Cup. You saw it especially in that Vanier Cup run when they were playing Montreal. Riley Pickett was all over the backfield. Not all over the stat sheet, but he was all over the backfield. He creates, dis- he creates disruption. He allowed Nick Weeb to get free. I mean, he's a body mover. He's just a body mover. He's powerful. He has a low base. He gets underneath offensive linemen and drives them back. Riley Pickett is everything you need him to be in that three to five tech spot. He will eat the double teams when he's not eating double teams. He's athletic enough to get into the backfield and make plays for himself, but he's so selfless. He doesn't care about eating those double, triple teams as long as plays are being made. I a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm going outside the trenches for my pick in this one. I'm going Samuel Emelis. He's twitchy, man. Like, he in his one year at LA Tech, like getting adjusted and everything, he finished with 17 catches, 257, and three touchdowns. Uh, his career at UMass, 59 catches, 653 yards, seven touchdowns. I mean, he has solid production everywhere he goes, but at 6'1, 198, he's kind of like a get the ball in his hands and just let him work in space. Uh, coming back to the Canadian game for the first time since leaving high school. I think he's got a great chance to be a game changer, like Nick Dembski-ish, where you just kind of get him schemed into your offense to just get him touches, get him the ball. Um, He had some highlight reel catches with his hands uh, at UMass, but uh, I think Sam Emelis can really turn some heads in this draft process. Yeah, have to agree. Have to agree. Certainly one of the I send you his tape, and I'm like, oh, God, this – this guy can be a talent, but it would unfortunately, end and I would there like are the two little... twins out of Calgary that kind of hold the top receiver spot. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not <laughs> even a secret. That's not even a secret anymore at this point. But, like, yeah. Unless his no, tape he's, would he's end behind, and I would just like... hit, like, the little refresh button and watch it again. <laughs> it was <laughs> but so no, he, uh Like, he's the third receiver, third best receiver in the top 100 for this round. Uh, we got guys of all different body styles and play styles. Uh, but for MLS, uh I really like him here at the 25 spot. Lots of room to grow. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And we will bring you the last set of 10 before we start breaking down our top 10. Starting at 20, we have Zach Pelios, the offensive lineman out of Ottawa. Michael Brodrick from Montreal. Anthony Federico. Adam Mackart. Tommy Bringy. Josiah Shackle. Joshua Archibald from McGill. Tyrell Ford, brother of Trey, Nathan Cherry, and Tyrell Richards out of Syracuse, who you guys saw me pump the tires of. Uh, let's. I'm starting at 20 because as much as we like Surreal Hogan St. Don playing center, 6'5", bullying people, Zach Pelios, two years at Ottawa, one at left tackle, one at right tackle, both times OUA All-Star. He is athletic enough to line him up. He's going to block the hell out of people in the run game. In the pass game, he's such a big body that can move. Like, I'm not worried about someone getting around the edge on Pelios. He might need to put on a bit of weight at the next level, but he's strong enough to hold his own for now. And I think that Pelios is, you know, in terms of a guy that can bump inside the guard, 
I think he can do that as well. Uh, showcase him a bit more on the move. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he fares at the East Regional Combine against some of those caravan defenders. Uh, but I, I'm excited for Pelios in this draft class. He's got a lot of room to grow and a lot of people to prove wrong. Yeah, the most impressive thing that you said to me about Pelios is the fact that he played left tackle and then went and played right tackle. And we've heard offensive linemen talk about how hard that is to do. They're like, it's like being right-handed your whole life and then trying to teach yourself to be left-handed. It's just, mm. it's, it's hard. And to have that athleticism, I think, is only going to bode well for him. And yeah, I, I totally think, I'm totally with you. He's going to bump inside. He'll be able to play guard should he be asked to do that. Uh, and like, let's not, let's not discourage the fact that Ottawa has a territorial pick which falls at draft pick number 20 in the draft. This is my favorite theory. My favorite. Part of the reason he is number 20 here is I believe he's going to go number 20 to the Ottawa Red Blacks with their territorial pick because not only did he go to school in Ottawa, he is from Gananoque, Ontario, which falls into Ottawa's catchment for regional players. Um, I really like this pick. I mean... They could turn around and go Keaton Brugling too, for all we know, uh, at that regional spot. But I think Pelios, I mean, you saw the versatility in his college career. You don't really have many questions in terms of that. Uh, he's an athletic guy, and you seem to coach up offensive linemen well enough. I mean, you took Catalase with a hope and a prayer, and he started a couple games last year. But I think Pelios can uh, really slide into that spot nicely. And you talk about, like, Pelios or, or Brugling, I mean – Offensive line is a, is a clear need for Ottawa at this point. They've been loading up on wide receiver talent, so I like Pelios going with that regional pick. I like that a whole lot. And uh, there's a team, a set of t- we have two sets of twins now, I guess, and uh, we're going to have to talk about three out of the four. You're going to talk about the fourth one right here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're going to talk about talk about twins here, we can't leave. We can't talk about one set and then leave the other set out. So, I mean, yeah, we're going to talk about the Ford twins right now here. Tyrell Ford, the DB out of Waterloo. Everybody knows, I mean, what this guy does, right? Shifty, athletic, punt return, can break on the ball like it's no issue for him. Oh, and guess what? Yeah, he just went and blew everybody except for his brother away on the track at U of T recently. Speed, athleticism. Well, I mean, he got third. He got third. (laughs) Okay, but he still blew everybody away. I mean, look at his time. Except for who came second? I think it was. I think it was. It was another. It was another Waterloo Waterloo Warrior. Warrior. So, yeah, I mean, Warrior Warrior football players are fast. Tyrell Ford is fast. What I love about Tyrell Ford, though, is as fast as he is moving forward. Watch him in a backpedal. Watch his feet. Yeah, he glides. Good. He glides. Yeah. He flies. And like for me, uh, with Tyrell, like he's so athletic that like his body level <laughs> when he's in his back foot, I know it's like something everyone's coach to do as a DB, but to do it at the pace he does it, uh, it's like that clip of JC Horn that we saw come out. Yeah, no, but you know what it's like? It's like you take a picture of him in like a set back pedal stance, and then instead of like him moving through the play, you're just dragging the picture along because he's. He's just maintaining the same level. Yeah, I mean, like, but I then guess... he also he also brings elite kick kick and punt return skills. Yeah. Like the the guys above him in the draft that one hundred that return kick surprise surprise the Phil Potts, uh, they can literally do anything they please on the field. Uh, like I'm sure Trey Ford could return kicks if we asked him to, but uh, 
Tyrell is the next best kick and punt returner. Uh, he also just happens to have game-changing plays on the secondary. Uh, my question for Tyrell Ford, though, is when he goes to the combine, does he try to uh, Tunde Adelike it and just play trail technique? <laughs> no. No. I want to see him. You... I want to see him do it like twice, yeah. just to show everyone, like, yeah, I'm faster than all of you. We like I, we talked about this, I think a couple episodes a couple ago. Weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I think he absolutely has to show that he can play trail tech. But Tunde is just a different. I don't think he beast. has to. I think he. I think it's just like a. I don't think he, it would be like an arrogant cockiness move if he's like if he's covering guys well enough from his backpedal and breaking but if, on it. If you can, and do all of a sudden it, he just goes, "Yeah, you know what? I'm better than you. I'm going to play trail technique and wipe you off the wipe." That's you off what I mean. Rim. If if you can do it and you can show that you can do it, if that is a skill set that you have, you kind of have to do it because that's really going to blow the scouts away. Now Tunde was just a different breed of human. Tunde was just faster than everyone at the combine. Like, and he knew. <laughs> He started no, in the I, CFL since he entered the league, basically. So I'm different animal, different animal. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm really excited to see how Tyrell Ford shows out at the combine. Yeah. Uh, I, it'll be interesting to see him in a special teams role that's not a return man either, right? Like he's going to have to lock up with guys. I think yeah. he'll do it fantastically, but uh, it's something that we haven't seen much of. Uh, but it's time for the top 10. You ready for this? It is. It's time. Coming I'll in at number you... 10, University of Alberta, Golden Bear, Jaden Dalkey. Man. This guy, this guy's a stat sheet stuffer. He does everything you want. Tackles extremely well. Hands on the ball, breaks on routes, can play in line in the box. Uh, I'm excited for Jaden Dalkey. Didn't have the biggest statistical year this year. Um but I mean, when Josiah Shackles just eating everything, you have Donovan Bergmeyer as well, just mauling things in the middle. Uh, I think Jaden Dalkey's got freak special teams tape too. We saw that two years ago. Uh, this guy is going to be a force come combine time. Yeah, kind of like for me, really kind of this year's Grant McDonald, if you will. Yeah if I may be so bold as to make that comparison. Like, I think I think Jaden Dalkey plays a similar style of game, hard hitter, very aggressive downhill. I, I don't think he is as fast as Grant McDonald. That was absurd to see Grant McDonald run that 40 time. But I, I think a very similar role, and he's going to fill whoever he, he ends up playing for, he's going to fill a very similar style of play. All right, now we will move on to number nine. We will go to the defending Vanier Cup champion, offensive line yes yes we know there's a defensive lineman that we haven't talked about yet it's because we haven't gotten to him relax we're going to stay on the offensive side of the ball zach fry one of i believe he's our third ranked offensive lineman on this board body mover super athletic for an offensive lineman you talked about you know the ability for for pelios to bump in and play guard this is something that i think zach fry can do as well he's a positionless offensive lineman you can move him inside outside I, again, a guy that I'm not worried about getting beat on the edge either. He was the driving force of the Western Mustangs offensive line this year and freed up Trey Humes, Keon Edwards, that entire backfield to just run rampant. Yeah, I mean, Fry starts it, Humes and Edwards finish it, right? Like that's how that's how it works in their offensive line. But no, this guy, they were a bunch of unsung heroes for this year, just 
nobody could stop the Western beast when it start, once it started going. Uh, in terms of Zach Fry, I mean, 300 pounds, but he moves like he's 250. Like He's going to start pushing people around. I'm interested to see him in one-on-one pass reps against top-end talents. Uh, the guys like a Josh Archibald or a Federico or uh, a Michael Broderick, some of the guys that I know he matched against Federico, but I want to see him against guys that he didn't get to go against and mm-hmm. see how uh, how he can go on the fly. I know some guys watch tape on some of their on some of the other guys at that combine before they get there in terms of O line D line for tendencies, um, but that's not what it's about. They want to see if you can line up and just one on one beat your man without any help. The advantage for Zach Fry and all of this though is that he gets to line up against Deontay Knight every single day. Yeah. Every day in practice. <laughs> uh, number eight, Heck Crichton, trophy winner, uh, freak of nature, all-star quarterback, uh, fastest man in the conference, one of the fastest people in the country, uh, Trey Ford. I mean, this is this is this is it right here. He's going to be a quarterback regardless of where he goes. But the issue with Trey Ford is I think he might get a camp invite to the NFL and someone will see his speed in person and be like, oh shit, let's keep this guy around. In which case, he won't be a CFL prospect anymore. Um, but no, with Trey Ford, I'm like I'm super excited. Uh to see him at the combine, see him throwing uh, a ton of reps. I like for me, I have my only question with Trey Ford is the consistency in the pass game. I mean, this is a guy that we saw never eclipse 70% this past year. Uh, in 2019, we saw him go over it a couple times, but he usually hangs out in that low 60s range. Uh, and in terms of quarterbacks, like you, when you're hitting low 60s, mid 60s in college, that usually drops about eight percentage. Uh, I know it drops for sure, but I'm, I'm going to guess like 8% wise. And you can't be 50% passer in the professional ranks. No, certainly not. Certainly not. But my, I guess, to play devil's advocate a little bit in this one, I mean, we have to... Take it's not like account, a glaring like, concern. It's not no, not a glaring, like, not a glaring concern. It's just something I need him to prove to me at the combine is that he can be that rhythm thrower, complete passes, put them into spots that against top coverage. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm just playing devil's advocate in the fact that now going wherever he might end up, let's hypothetically call it the CFL in this instance, will hopefully, presumably, have a better offensive line in front of him than the Waterloo Warriors offensive line. No knock against. Waterloo, they have some very good prospects, have put some very good prospects into the CFL. I mean, Spencer Andrews this year was on the initial scouting bureau list, right? So, and and very high at that. But, I mean, still, Trey Ford this year and in years past was running for his life a little bit. And, I mean, that's going to affect some of the completion numbers. But I'm with you. I want to see him stay in the pocket, make those passes from the pocket. We know he can run. We know he can get outside. We know he can throw on the run. But I want to know you can house an 80 yard touchdown (laughs) with your, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, I I just want to see him be patient, calm and let it rip from, from the, I just want to see ball. I just want to see consistent ball placement, right? Like that's, that's what I'm really, I know he can do it. It's not a matter of if he can or can't. And if he couldn't do it, then he wouldn't be here and, or in this spot, but 
It's just a matter of him doing it consistently enough yeah. for someone to go, yes, I'm going to build my entire offense and my entire franchise around you. And this is us getting like, like Fine extremely nitpicky. Tone. Like this guy is the eighth ranked player on our board. The number one quarterback on our board. I just said like, he's going to go NFL camp. Like, yeah, like we, we now <laughs> at this point good. are just like combing through the weeds to try to find like one, like one thing that we want yeah, to see at the college. Right? <laughs> I also want to see him run sub four too, but less like <laughs> we can't just sit here and be like, yeah, this guy's CJ two K. Yeah. We, we can't just sit here and be like, this guy's the greatest thing we've ever seen next. Like we got to find something. <laughs> But no, that's that's doing our due diligence, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When he gets to the combine, I would ideally like to see him hit like four four five. In his mind, he's probably going sub four four. But if he hits four four five to me, I'm five. If you tell me you have a quarterback that can throw a sixty yard bomb and runs a four four five, I'm like, sure, sign me up. I'll work with whatever else I can get. Yep. Like, yeah, that's that's the end of it. But uh, someone who might be able to protect his backside a little bit. Uh, Peter Kazushka, University of Alberta, the Golden Bear, the left tackle. I mean, this guy, <laughs> I was so disappointed last year to hear that he opted out. Uh, this year, though, he's all in. Man, man, is he ever. I think, like, as, as disappointed as we were that he opted out, deferred from the draft last year, I think it really served him well because when you look at his 2021 tape, versus his 2019 tape, it is night and day. Like, it really is night and day. The size and the athleticism and just, you know, the pure tenacity were there in that 2019 tape. But when you look at the 21, 2021 tape now, the refinements are there. The technical skill is there. The keeping your feet underneath you, keeping your leverage in line is all there. Everything that we were like, okay, there's flashes of this here in 2019 that made us really excited is now there in bunches and is now there consistently in this 2021 tape. So I think as disappointed as we were, I, th I think it really boosted his own stock. And I mean, not that we had him low in 2019, but like now we can be like, okay, this guy is, is bona fide here. Yeah, I agree. And uh, like we said with Rodian Brown, like coming from U of A, you know, you're going to have a leg up in terms of coaching and development. U of A and U of S, I mean, yeah. offensive line development kind of speaks for itself. Uh, we're going to go south of the border here down to Myrtle Beach, or we can talk about Enoch McConzo. Uh, I like this guy, like, a lot. I think he oh, can yeah. slide in to be a half, uh, very strong half, yeah. uh, or a safety in the CFL. 5'11", 195. This guy's a dog. I mean, he did not put up. I mean, he has 71 total tackles, uh, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, a uh, couple QB hits. But this guy can do anything you want. He can line up in coverage. Uh, he can absolutely play in line. I mean, for the majority of their <laughs> bowl game, the Cure Bowl they played in, in the new year, uh, they just asked him to line up in line against the tight end and go at it. Like this guy is strong enough to hold his own against tight ends and offensive linemen. And then when the game mattered most down at the end, they lined him up one-on-one -on -one coverage and he made the play got, I don't think the guy actually caught the ball, but it was too late in the game and they ruled him in to go back and review it. Um, he didn't catch it. But yeah, he made the breakup. They ruled him inbounds, but he got him down before he got to the sideline. So the clock ended up expiring too quick. Um, 
I think Makonzo is a great player. I'm excited to see how he transitions back into the Canadian game. I mean, he went to Sejap uh, in Montreal before he went down to Coastal. Uh, but for this guy, I, I really like the versatility in his game. And I think that'll suit him playing as either safety or a half. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What team do we know in the CFL that needs DBs? Wait, did I mention that he's he's from Quebec? Did I mention? I know I said Sejab. Did I mention that he's from Quebec? Because there's a Quebec CFL team that likes players from Quebec. Am I saying Quebec too much? Because I think that's their draft <laughs> philosophy for this year. The, Quebec? The first overall Quebec. selection <laughs> for the Montreal Alouettes will be Enoch Makonzo. I, I really believe this. I mean, should he be available? I think it's a no-brainer for Montreal at this point, especially given the fact that he can do absolutely everything you need him to do on the field. I would love to see him, if he can do it, I would love, to, and I'm sure he can, I would love to see him slide into that strong side halfback spot where he does get a chance to roll up and play some of those two high coverages. He does get the chance to be in the box a little bit. I think that strong side half, especially coming out of an NCAA program where he's been playing American ball. Well, his position was like ah. the star role. It's like uh, yeah, it's like Isaiah Simmons, Jalen Ramsey, where you're, you're just kind of like rover, or you play yeah. over top of whoever the best DB in the like. box. You can do everything for yeah. them. So I, I and I think that just transitions into the Canadian strong side half position very well. So I, I think that is going to be a near seamless transition for him. Should he be asked to do it? Wow, Montreal, Quebec, Quebec. Quebec? Quebec, once, okay. twice, Quebec, sold. We're now at 4A and 4B. Uh, if you can't guess it, it is the fill pots. We have paired them one after the other because like we have talked about time and time again, there is no separation between <laughs> these guys. Except you know for honestly... alphabetically, one goes above the other. <laughs> is that, I was going to say, is that how you did it? You just went like no. <laughs> alphabetical order here? I was going to say, we should just like put... Jalen and Tyson in the four spot and leave the five spot blank. I feel like that's the most fair thing to do here. <laughs> no, uh, we have Jalen ahead. I know Tyson was the Can West player of the year this year. Uh, Jalen's got the two time all Canadian nod on the first team, though. Uh, time and time again, Jalen Philpot and Tyson Philpot have just put a show on the field. Like you, they touch the ball and you're like, oh, is this a touchdown already? Uh, I mean, they house hooks like they just take a hook grab five yards and all of a sudden it's oh wow he broke a tackle he's gone okay catch a punt against manitoba in the 2019 playoffs make one guy miss and all of a sudden you're burning the rest of the field to go i didn't mean it got called back but um to me the philpots are electric if there was any way that some team could get both of them in back-to-back picks in the first round i you've got to like having them one of them is electric. Having both of them together would be the ultimate weapon in terms of rookies coming into the CFL together. Because I think these guys are going to step in and take over day Man, one. It's it's really we saw really what KSB good. did. KSB in terms of receiving numbers, uh, skill in the route tree. He's uh, he's a freak athlete, but in terms of just straight up talent, the Philpots are a different level. They're a different yeah. animal altogether. Yeah. I agree. It's really unfortunate for BC that they don't have a territorial pick this year. They're not going to be there for the territorial picks. These guys are not going to be there. I'm hypothetically saying, (laughs) hypothetically saying, it's very unfortunate for BC because that might have provided an opportunity. But they don't. 4A, 4B, the Philpots. (laughs) Slot number four on our draft 100, Philpot Brothers. 
Yeah. <laughs> but no, for continuity's sake, we put them four and five. Uh, Tyson had a stellar year this year, but like I mentioned, Jalen done it consistently at the top level in U sports. They both have. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's no separation between these two guys. They are absolute monsters. They um, took a hook route 25 yards to the end zone. That's all we need to say. <laughs> one one has sideline catches, one has mosses, the other one done the next game goes for sideline catches, then the next one house is a screen. Like it literally just feels like a game of horse for them. Like yes, when they're playing Josiah, a game, it's, it's Josiah's just, just sitting there like lobbing up the ball, like, okay, well, let's see who's open. Both of them. Okay, flip a coin. Oh, tails. Okay, we'll throw it to Tyson. I'm gonna <laughs> throw it in that general direction. And if five or six comes down with it, we're all right. Yeah, the fact they wear like one number off too does not help. So great. <laughs> that was like when I was at Ottawa. I played with a set of twins, uh, the Dimash twins, and they wore thirteen and thirty-one, and it was the most confusing thing in the world. It was horrible. But like on the on the Dinos jerseys, the five and six look so similar oh, too, right? So similar. You gotta like spot them pregame for what cleats they have on. Hopefully, they're wearing different, <laughs> different. Watching tapes. No, they both wear the Jordan ones. Watching <laughs> tape, man. I've got the magnifying glass out. I'm like, all right, is that a five or a six? Very confusing. But uh, we're in the top three. There are three very obvious names that we have not talked about yet. Uh, so we'll list list them off here. Number three, Deontay Knight. Number two, Noah Zer. Number one. Jesse Lucetta. I feel like uh, we'll spend a lot less time on Lucetta than Deontay Knight and Noah Zer. Yeah, no, let's talk about a little bit about Jesse Lucetta because we're not talking much about him. He is gone forever. He is not coming close to the CFL. Uh, this guy's senior bowl was just vindication of oh, his NFL job. He's, he's electric. the day two prospect. Yeah. Um, he's just such a twitchy athlete off the edge. It's fourth it's round not the fun. absolute latest i don't think he gets out of day two i think someone no, takes him in no, the third no that's round what i said before. absolutely yeah third i would say like end of two to mid three yeah it's it's going to be surreal to see him climb the draft i think the combine is going to do him a ton of favor like he's going to blow it out of the water and people are going oh my god do we need him in the second round my um, uh my favorite play from luketa this season was just the box jump pbu Jumped like 60 feet in the air. No, nah, I like the one-handed pick. I like the one-handed pick. Mm, fair. Yeah, he Stab and run. Pretty good. <laughs> Stab and run, baby. <laughs> oh, man. And then, yeah, the two the two sacks, the sack force fumble at the at the senior bowl. Day two. Day two guy. No uh, question. So let's go Deontay Knight then. I mean, we had him on. We've gushed about him for weeks, months. Uh, this guy's a bull in a China shop. And you better not get in his way or he is going to not topple you very quick. For Deontay, like when we get to the combine, we're going to like he's going to be putting on a show, right? Like with Luketa not being there, he is the top defensive player, the JP Metris winner like in the country. He's the top player on the line. Uh, the only reason up- that we like didn't give him defensive player of the week every single week in the OUA is because it just wouldn't have been fair. We had to spread the love around. He could have won that award every single week. He could have won it. He could have won, like, realistically, he could have won half of them in the year. Yeah. Um, Like, he was in the conversation that much. Uh, But with him and Zer, like, the only reason I think we've even put him at three here instead of number two 
is just the value of offensive linemen in the CFL draft, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we know how important those offensive linemen are that can flip from point A to point B to point C and keep a national player and a national starting spot on that line. Um, I think Kwaku Boteng and Matthew Betts are like changing it where you can see, yeah, take some pass rushers from Canada. Like it's a difference maker if you get a pass rusher on defense that's national. Um, Deontay Knight will continue that, but I think that people are still going to be wowed by the size and speed of Zer. Um, never know. I mean, we had Dejan Brissett go second overall two years ago. So uh, I think the value of offensive lineman keeps Knight at third here, but Luketa, we can scratch out. Deontay yeah. Knight and Noah Zer are the top players in this draft class. We threw Luketa in at one just for the formality of it. We had to have a number one player. Obviously, it's Jesse Luketa. We're not going to see him. Our realistic one, I would say, is Noah Zer. Like, we realistically start this list at Noah Zer based on what we're what we're expecting out of Luketa. And you could tell us, like, you honestly, you could sit here and be like, you guys are idiots. Deontay Knight's the best player in the country. And we'd be like, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, it's just, you're right. Based on positional value, the way we see offensive linemen just go to the CFL and to kind of hammer home this statement, a guy that we were low on last year, Bryce Bell, everybody else was higher on because of his ability or the perceived ability to play center. And guess what? He went high. I think he was like a second, third round guy last year because he was able to snap the football. So Canadian offensive linemen in the CFL are just so valuable. Not that we have anything against Deontay Knight love every part of his game like i said you could be like you guys are dumb deontay knight is the best player in the country and we would sit here and be like yeah you're right correct yes <laughs> you are correct that is a good take no i think i think like realistically we have the the four guys zur knight and the phil pots yeah they all have very different skill sets very different positions they are the the cream of the crop right like yeah they then, are the guys that you're like okay we need these playmakers somehow, some way, no matter what our roster looks like, we need one of these four guys. And And that's what gives you the top four positions, right? I agree. I agree. And the other thing I was going to say is like, I I think we might take a little bit of heat on Trey Ford being a little bit lower, but again, it's the nature of the value of the position. How many Canadian quarterbacks are in the league right now? Two. And they both play on the same team. We acknowledge that Trey Ford is one of, if not the best athlete, in this draft class, but unfortunately he plays a position where there's but Nathan only one was, of them on the field. I, and like, even as great as Trey is Rourke was still a second round pick. Yes. We have not seen that first round Canadian quarterback yet. Can Trey no. Ford be that as of right now, we have him at eight and so. Luketa's not going to go one because nobody's ever going to see him in the CFL. Um, so Trey Ford, as of right now, where we have it lined up is a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, do I, do I think that's going to happen? Maybe not. I, I think I it might. So. I, I think, think it might. There's... I think he brings such athletic ability to the table that there's there's a team. But when you look really... at the you look at the teams that you think would be interested Toronto. in drafting him. Toronto. Toronto. Do they? Do they? I guess. What do they really need on the roster right now? DBs. They need DBs that can keep up with speed in the East. Okay, so DBs that can keep up with speed. But again, speed. are you are you taking a DB in the first round of the CFL draft? Well, not. that's going to be Enoch. Exactly. Enoch, right. So he's not probably not going to be there. So why wouldn't you take Trey Ford? Right. Like that's that's where I'm coming from. Is like you, 
you have teams like, do we know if Ottawa's really, really sold on Mazzoli for the long term? We know they're sold on the short term. Would you consider bringing in Trey Ford to learn from Mazzoli and build under Lapo? Well, like now Lapo, we know Lapo can work with gadget players while they grow. Guy sent Trey Ford be, to the NFL. Could Trey Ford be a gadget player for a year or two under Lapo and then assume command? Yes. And I, th- I think now that the free agency period is, I don't want to say over, but over and, and teams are kind of settled and we know a little bit what pre-camp or training camp rosters are going to look like. Now the argument for where Trey Ford, where Trey Ford is going to land is a little bit more muddied because we were pretty sold on Montreal just based on scheme fit, right? Like now, and now they have Harris and VA. Right. And so, Ottawa is sitting here and you're looking at the quarterbacks on Ottawa's roster and you're going, Hmm, what happens duck. if Masoli gets hurt? <laughs> duck. <laughs> yeah. And we're not talking about the guy. We're talking about the ball that comes out of his hand. Uh, Hamilton too, right? Like they've got Dane now. They don't really have a solidified back. I mean, they paid Watford, all the money for uh, Watford did not resign. No, they, they paid all and the money for Schultz. Schultz, but like, after Schultz, like a one-year contract, do you bring him back or do you have a Trey Ford that you've groomed for a year? Again, I over Schultz, I'll take Trey Ford over Schultz all day. So we we have to we have to pause. All these players are great in this Even, top 20, I mean, but I know, especially I know the they, top 10. It's just a matter of slotting where they fit in the CFL draft at yeah. this point. And I'm excited for it because I think all of these guys have star potential is just where do they land and is it the right situation for them? That's the biggest thing. And that's the the key to the draft, right? I mean, position fit is important and it goes, I think it goes underrated a lot of the times. Like if you, if you're just not put in the right scheme, the right position fit, whatever, you're not going to be able to learn. You're not going to be able to develop, but that remains to be seen because we still have to get to the, we still have to get to the combines, man. We even got, got to the combines yet. Yeah. So we will be redoing this list after the combine guys will be moved all over. Guys will be added. Guys will be dropped. There's a couple of guys that we noticed that got added to the combine that were very intrigued to see how they perform. So maybe some new names on the list. And never, you never know. So as of right now, our top 100 is set for the next month and a half but uh before we combine season (laughs) it is combine season super excited and with that in mind before we go do you have any honorable mentions that we didn't get to today that you're like ah i really wanted to talk about him you got like 15 seconds to give me an honorable mention here oh my do i have an honorable mention anthony leclerc uh mcgill uh Fifth year, 5'11", 208, captain, uh, 67 total tackles, two and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, a pick, uh, three PBUs. Uh, I like this guy. He flows well to the ball. Also from Quebec, so let's go. Montreal, mid-round pick. Uh, (laughs) uh, He's a captain on the team as well. Um, I think he led Ken, or I think he led the RSEC in, uh, in tackles this year, so uh, he's very productive from the linebacker spot, can move around. 
doesn't weigh too much, like 208. So I could see him playing more Will than Mike at the next level. But uh, Anthony LeClerc, uh, McGill, Redbirds. I like it. I like it. That was a, a very underrated McGill team this season as well. And we've got so him at 56. We've got him at 56, right? Like him and yeah. Josh Archibald are the two McGill players. I mean, we have three on the list, but they're the two guys from McGill that really impressed. And they're on the defensive side. And yeah. Montreal, the Wets need defensive help. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we, we will not stop mentioning Montreal. Not like they share a stadium. <laughs> It's a bad crush, but when you you say you're Machocho and you say like, I uh, I want to use Quebec's hotbed of talent, and then you go and draft almost exclusively our sex players. Uh, hey, true is weird. Going to happen, right? True to his another word. guy, Eric Sutton, Texas State. We didn't talk about him much. Uh, he's going to be at the national combine. He can move. He can real move. Move, uh, move, move. I'm excited to see him come up and play against a waggle though. That's the one thing that I really want to watch because he's been down. Uh, in the States for his entire collegiate career. I'm excited to see him come back up and work in space. Plays a lot uh, bigger than his listed size, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see him on the national stage at the Combine. Uh, but we will... I'm Man, I'm definitely. just excited for CFL football to come back. I got to start betting on something that's not hockey now. Like, Yeah, tell me this, about your this, wild, this your wild betting story. What happened last night? Okay, fine. Before we go, so I texted Wade. I was like, man, I was on a heater last night. So I was at work. We're, uh, up way was, too, we're up way too late. Oh, way you were too, working till three. I was up yeah. till like one in the morning. <laughs> oh, but you were you had a three pick day. You had a three pick day. You were putting in work too. Easy there, easy, easy. <laughs> but yeah, no. So is that we don't want to talk. Night? We don't want to talk about it. <laughs> light sports night. Obviously, the NBA All Star game was on last night. Light sports night. Um, so I was assigned to just kind of like helping out on one of the Canadian NHL games. I end up uh, clipping the Oilers Wild game, which was fairly eventful but i was sitting there this game started at like eight and i was like okay like i will admit i played hockey growing up i like getting out and playing hockey i like skating around i like playing the sport i'm not a huge not as big a hockey fan as i used to be i still like watching it from time to time the stanley cup playoffs get kind of fun to watch it's fun to go see a live game but i'm not the biggest hockey guy in the world so i was like i need to like stay focused in on this game so i decided to start throwing bets down last night i had some i i did lay a i can't remember what i hit on a super bowl bet it was one of the prop bets i can't remember what it was but i had like 13 bucks left stafford <laughs> i think it might have been stafford over interceptions <laughs> i True took Lions stafford, fan right there <laughs> I, I took stafford over on the interceptions um and i'll show you the bet slip for all those that don't believe me but so last night at work Wild game's on. I was like, you know what? I've got like 13 bucks here in my like bet three. I think I put like two bucks down on Stafford to hit the over and interception. So I had like 13 bucks in my bet account. And I was like, all-star game's on. So like that could be kind of fun. So I bet I bet on my guy, Steph Curry, to hit the over in threes made and to did win. You, did you do an alternate line? Uh, no, I just took whatever the... So I, I took Curry on the over in threes made. Then I took Curry in... Curry to win the all-star game MVP at yep. the same time I've got this Oilers wild game going on so I was like all right I need to stay dialed in here so I start throwing down some absurd bets on the Oilers wild game so I took Zach Hyman on an anytime goal he scored I think he scored the 10th goal of the game I took Matthew Boldy who's played like 20 NHL games all year he's a rookie 
has played like 20 NHL games all year. He was plus 375 for an anytime goal. Yes, I took that. Yes, he did score. I took going into the third. I mi- So I missed on one. I missed on the under. I lied. I didn't hit all of my bets. Oh. I, took the, I took the under at six and a half in that Minnesota wild game. It was a 10 goal game. Uh, Minnesota broke the over by Minnesota scored seven to take the over by themselves. They scored four in the first freaking period. But anyways, then going into the third, I took the over on goals in the third period. It was already a, it was already a six, two game at that point. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, they're going to, someone's going to keep scoring. (laughs) So I took the over on third period goals. And then I took Minnesota at plus 200 to score the ninth goal of the game. It was a wild night, to say the least. Not a did lot you, going did on. Did you parlay this? World. Did you parlay no, any of it? No, it was all I couldn't. I couldn't parlay any of it together. So it was all they were all single bets. But I walked away with like eighty-five dollars. Um. So for everyone, the moral of the story is that Connor is talking you through his degenerate gambling addiction. Um. I would like to point out that please gamble safely. If you are gambling, there is a national gambling problem helpline, which I'm going to share with Connor today. One eight hundred. It's not a problem if you're winning. That's exactly what someone with the problem would say. One eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred for anyone that does actually struggle with gambling. I know we joke about it and we lay down small bets here and there, um, but one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero gambling hotline help network. If you know anyone that's dealing with a gambling addiction. Uh, please have them get helped out. Please gamble responsibly. That's one of the biggest issues with legalizing gambling is that people abuse it. Um, people like Connor just win. Uh, I was going to say, like, I don't, I don't mean to dampen, money. don't mean to dampen your very serious speech, but I also forgot to mention it was like, meant to be a joke, but also serious I, for people that need help. I did hit on Colin Morikawa to win like the next three holes. It was like some ridiculous bet where it was like Colin Morikawa. He turned it on. Yeah, it was like some you ridiculous bet. You had a chip in and all of a sudden it was like, oh man, I'm, I'm feeling it now. And he just oh, started okay. cashing. You know what it was? Then he I missed took, the pot. <laughs> I was took, done. I took Colin Morikawa. Yeah, Colin Morikawa to win the next three holes and to win his group. Mission accomplished. That was good. Yeah, it was a good bet. It was a good day yesterday. Uh, before we go, I want to run down some of the numbers here. I ran down the positional totals. Uh, we have it broken up into tiers. So in terms of conferences, Can West leads the top 20 with eight representative. Uh, OUA right behind with seven. RSEC with two. NCAA with three. Uh, in the 21 to 40. OUA six. Can West five. RSEC 40. NCAA five. Uh, 41 to 69 OUA, five Can West, three NCAA, two AUS, one RSEC. Um, long story short, positional totals 46 OUA players, 25 from Can West, 11 from the RSEC and the NCAA, and seven players from the AU West and the East Coast. Uh, we have it broken up by uh, members of teams. We have it broken into how many positional players were in each spot. Linebackers, we have five in the top 20. Uh, This linebacker class, we didn't talk about many of them today. They are freaky. Scary. Uh, Lots of athletes flying around, making plays in the run game, pass game. Uh, Tommy Bringy, Josiah Shackle, Tyrell Richards, 
Uh, Luketa also falls into that group. Uh, they lead the way uh, with 18, same as the amount of DBs. So uh, very strong linebacking group this year. Yeah, the speed of this LB group, the athleticism of this linebacker group is ridiculous. I'm sure it's something that we're going to talk about more and more as the combine goes on, as the draft process goes on. But that's it. That does it. That is our draft 101.0. It's here. It's out. The work is not over, though. Not over. Not even close. Just getting started. Um. In terms of what you guys might like, there is a certain whistle company that is the worldwide leader in whistle tech, Fox 40. Head over to fox40shop.com to check out their wide variety of whistles and to learn more. Keep using that code CFP15 for 15% off all your whistle needs from coaching boards to merch to whistles. All the rest in the flag league I play in are using Fox 40 whistles. Some of them have the... Uh, the little electronic one that uh, you don't have to blow or anything into sick. So loud. You can hear it clear as day, despite like five whistles going off in the dome. Uh, you know, which one is yours. Cause Fox 40 is just that good. Uh, I, I really like the sound of them. If you want to get one CFP 15, 15% off at Fox 40 shop.com. And that's it. We're out. You know where to find us at CF perspective at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill. Highly suggested that you at least follow along with CFP because we're pumping draft stuff, pumping combine stuff on there. Might not want to follow me for the next couple of weeks. I'm still tirading about Matthew Stafford, but 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 Is certainly uh, follow Super Bowl Wade. Hot arrived yet? Not yet. Not yet. It should be here around March. First around week of March. March. So you might wear it to the combine or do we have to wear a CFP gear? <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm probably not going to be wearing any hats. I need a haircut like so bad. I was going to swear, but I'm not. I need a haircut so bad. So that is exact. I only trust one person on planet Earth to touch and cut my hair. So I wait like months on end to get back to Kingston to get my haircut by the same. She's been cutting my hair since I was like 12. I trust one person on the planet to cut it uh well you enjoy your haircut and oh, i uh, hate getting the... them i hate it what i hate getting my haircut either way you enjoy your haircut everyone here hope you enjoyed the draft 100 check out our youtube page cf perspective uh tiktok connor is going to be posting some of our player previews up there as well uh cf perspective on that as well uh if you would like Make sure to follow along every week. I think Marsh and the boys are starting to hop in on days around us as we get closer to the CFL season. But for now, take care. Enjoy your short weeks. Enjoy your family day weekend. Oh, I hope you enjoyed your family day weekend. The more I see, have a good week. The less I'm willing to believe. It's too hard in here. Doesn't help the alright.